Hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, season two of the Working Collective. I'm here with Drew Meaner. Drew, how are you, man? I'm, I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really honored. And it's a yeah, I'm really glad to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Good, Good man. I We haven't talked in a while. You, uh, yeah. you showed us around Kansas City for a little bit uh, when me and Lauren moved out to Utah. So uh, yeah. we haven't really gotten to talk much uh, on much more than, you know, pleasantries and things like that since then. So it's yeah. good to catch up, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's good to see him even just through Instagram and through social media. It's I'm, I'm glad I see y'all are going to all the national parks and all the fun stuff like that. So yeah, man. You are doing well. Got to do it. So. Got to do it. Got to earn your Utah card out here. So that's what you have to do. Um, but cool. Uh, so tell me you're at, you're in Kansas city, Missouri. Um, tell us a little bit more about where you are in life right now. Yeah. Uh, so right now I am, as Andrew said, I'm, I'm living right now in Kansas city, Missouri. I'm, I'm from, uh, central Alabama, but lived, I live here in Kansas city. I've been out here for about four or four and a half years now. Um, I'm a full-time student and I work part-time at my school. So I'm attending Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, so yeah, I'm finishing up my uh, master's of divinity and I'm actually going to be in the fall uh, re-enrolling and, and doing a, a master of arts in biblical counseling. So Sweet. I'm even the, the full-time student job going for about two more years and I'm going to be working at the seminary as well. So yeah. Cool. So what do you do at the seminary? Yeah, so um, I, I serve in two, two, my two main roles that I serve in. Uh, the first one would be um, my job at our student center. So I work at the front desk. I'm a guest associate, basically. Um, my job is to welcome people. Um, you know, if they're, a, you know, a guest of the seminary, if it's the first time on campus, I help them find the bookstore or the cafeteria or uh, find a certain individual they're meeting with or um, if they're a student, a faculty, staff, MBTS family member, um, you know, it could be helping them get a conference room that they were reserved. It could be helping them find a meeting room. It could be helping them, you know, get some sort of a basketball, racquetball equipment or anything like that. So uh, my job is just to kind of help make the student center be a hospitable and a welcoming place, make them help them feel at home. So, so that's one, one of my jobs. And then my second job is uh, I serve... Uh, through a department on campus called Student Leadership. It's through our Student Life and Events Program. Um, so I, I serve as a student leader. Um, so my my job is to kind of help uh, with events. I help set up, tear down. I help uh, execute events where, you know, if it's a preview day, I'm hosting new student uh, visitors or kind of helping them showing around campus or just, yeah, building conversations, helping get to know them and their story and uh, getting to yeah, help just hear where they're at and just help see if the Lord would have them at Midwestern or Kansas City or something like that. So, um, and then, yeah, that's, those are the, the two things that I do um, here at Midwestern. Oh, very reminiscent of UM, I would say, uh, as we were, we both were RAs together in good old Sanford Hall. Oh, yeah. Uh, awesome. So for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit more about uh, where you're from, and uh, just kind of your more basic introduction, and I'll uh, I'll open up some with some questions after that. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, the full name is Andrew Kelly Meener. Uh, for for you that wanted to hear that, but now I so I'm originally from a small town 
called Wetumpka, Alabama. Uh, it's just north of Montgomery, so central Alabama. And uh, so I lived there for about 18 years. And um, yeah, so uh, lived there for about 18 years. Uh, went to school at the University of Mobile uh, for four years. I was there from 2011 to 2015. And uh, we met, I know, in uh, 2012. And yep. uh, yeah, so I... Um, grew up in a, I guess, just in a regular family and, um, you know, um, wonderful working, loving parents and, um, not Christian at all. Um, became a Christian when I was about 17. Um, Lord called me to ministry three or four months after that. Um, just worked through that and everything. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, yeah, went to UM. Lord was so kind to just use some different things to kind of transform me and um, sanctify me and help me grow in ministry and calling and, and be a young young man of character and integrity and um, and then yeah I lived in Atlanta for a little bit uh, then figuring out you know different calling and different things like that work-wise and moved back to Alabama once my internship ministry internship in Atlanta was finished and then I've yeah lived, living in Kansas City uh, for about four years now so yeah so for those that don't know Walk me through kind of those few months after you became a believer, uh, where you talked about your ministry calling. Talk talk me through that. What is that? What did that look like for you? What does that mean for those that may not know what that means? Talk me through that. Yeah. um, So (laughs) I tell you, it's it's really interesting. I so I remember it was January of uh, 2010. I was sitting in my high school chemistry class, um, and our our youth pastor at the time we were going through a Wednesday night uh, sermons, little sermon series on First Timothy, First Timothy, uh, and we were talking through uh, just that previous Wednesday, um, you know, First Timothy three, where uh, it talks about the qualification for an elder, a qualification for an overseer, qualification for deacon, and you know, just the Lord at that time was just really gripping me and. Um, you know, at the time, I, I wanted to go to the University of Alabama. I, I wanted to study broadcast journalism. I wanted to be on ESPN. It was my goal to kind of be a Reese Davis or. A, oh yeah. Yeah, I, that was that was my thing. That was what I loved, and I loved sports, and uh, just that was what I found my joy and my hope in. And and then really, um, yeah, just I remember being in that classroom, and I just remember the Lord convicting me, and just I remember just thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about one, what I was going to do, apply for, apply to Alabama. And I just, it was just wild to see how the Lord really convicted me and wasn't sure what that meant. Wasn't sure. Just felt, yeah, I just felt conviction from the Holy right. Spirit. And, um, and then I went to my youth pastor, Clint, and just kind of walked him through, Hey, this is just where I've been at with vocation stuff. This is where I, what I've wanted to do with my life. And, um, and, and now I just, I feel this and I don't know what that looks like. And so, um, for us, for Clint and I, and, and even with some of our other pastors at the church that I, when I first became a Christian, started going to, just started talking about ministry, just started like asking for things and, and asking questions of myself. And they would ask me questions of like, what do I want to do with my life? What am I giving my life to? And what does this look like? What would this look like? You know, forsaking, you know, good vocation things for something, you know, what the Lord has called me to. And um, really just, yeah, giving me opportunities to serve in a local church, giving me opportunities to see just, you know, growing as a young man of character right. and integrity. And, um, and so, yeah, that, those were kind of the big things of just for those next, I, I think about four or five months of just, yeah, 
seeing me grow as a man of uh, young man of character and integrity, giving me opportunities to serve in our youth ministry, in our ministry ministries in the, throughout the church, and um, and just having qualified pastors speak and be like, okay, yeah, we we definitely see um, this is something that we definitely can say you are definitely called to ministry and. Um, we definitely think that this is something that you can, you are gifted at and you are a person of character integrity and something that, you know, we could really see the Lord using you and something like that. So yeah, yeah that, that, that kind of was, that was my process. And um, yeah. Lord yeah. Lord. And I, that reason I asked that is because it's different for every, every guy that goes through that just because of their context and maybe yeah. they go at it a different way and, yeah, or, and maybe not as a healthier way, maybe it's an unhealthy way of going about it. So I just wanted to hear kind of that story of, yeah. of how you came about in that. Yeah. Uh, that's really helpful though, to help understand who you are and kind of where you're at spiritually yeah. and how you arrived in the middle of Kansas city. So, yeah, yeah. It's really wild to think about. I mean, uh, it's been 11 years now since that time. And, um, and, and really just like, even since then, I, you know, I remember loving so much all those things of college football and wanted to be on TV and, and talking about sports and, and those desires just grew less and less. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't see myself doing anything else. Like, this is what I want to give my everything to. And, um, this is what I love. I love the Lord. I love his church. And this is what I'm signing up for. And I want to give my everything to, and I want to be faithful and obedient in that. Um, and it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. To think about, I never would have in my wildest dreams thought Kansas city, Missouri, uh, and seminary for, yeah. for instance, would be where I'd be. The Lord has has good plans, and He knows what He's doing. And I'm I'm just really thankful to be along for the ride. So that's awesome. Could you also define what seminary means for those that might get that term confused with other things and other faiths? And what does seminary? What what is seminary? Maybe yeah. just kind of talk about what is seminary. Yeah. Um, so seminary uh, is a type of institution higher. It's higher theological education. So um, basically what seminary, the role of seminary is to help train and equip men, men and women uh, for, for ministry. So what the seminary context is, is trying to do is, is help men and women in the local church. In our, so in our context, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, we have six institutions um, where they are training men and women, men and women, pardon me, uh, to uh, give their lives to give their everything for local church ministry. And um, so it's a little bit different. I feel like it's more, it's more specialized and unique in the sense of, um, you know, the grad master levels or post-grad doctoral level students that I'm taking classes, classes with or learning alongside of. Um, we are, yeah, just walking through surveys in the New Testament or doctrinal deep things of God and, and working through systematic theologies. And so, um, yeah, it's it, the institution itself is just a little bit different. I feel like than your normal public school or your normal, um, even other master's level schools or whatever. Um, the, the seminary itself is helping to to take men and women to take them. You know, to these men and women are locating from their churches and moving to their campuses, or they're learning online, and they're helping them train them and equip them for gospel ministry um, to to be pastors. Cool. Uh, so switching gears here, just a personal question okay. I have. Uh, <laughs> so I need to know uh, if if anyone needs to know who Drew Meaner is, it's three things. He is a Braves fan. He is a Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Mm. And he is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. 
And so I Whoa. have three. Hold I, thought on. You were, I thought you were a Chiefs fan. No, no, no. So my dad grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's right. Because you're, yeah. yeah, you're a Penguins fan. I just yes. assumed. I just assumed. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. There's grace and mercy in these moments. Oh, you know, I appreciate that. Here's the thing. If I was not a Steelers fan before I moved here, I would absolutely be a Chiefs fan because of living here. And I went, I mean, going to a Chiefs game is it's one of the best sporting. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you going to a Chiefs game and you just like losing your mind. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> okay, sorry. You Braves fan, Alabama fan, and what, Steelers what fan. So uh, I need to know who your favorite Braves player is, past or present. Same thing for Alabama football player oh, and man. Steelers slash Kansas City Chiefs player, if you will. Okay. Um, so pass through the – all right, we'll start with the Atlanta Braves. So pass – oh, wow, this is tough. I'm if – you, if you know me, you know that it's t- I'm tough at picking favorites. I just – I could list off five or six players that I just love. So my gut reaction to the Braves pass is Chipper Jones. Um, my favorite player for the Braves now, uh, oh, wow, this is tough. See, I gut reaction, I want to say Ronald Acuna. Um, wow, controversy. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I thought about saying Freddie Freeman, but I was like, you know what? I love Ronnie. I love Ronald Acuna. Okay, so Alabama, uh, ooh, <laughs> this is tough. So, um, okay, of the past, favorite player, um, I would have to say Rolando McLean. Um, okay. 2000, late 2000s, early 2010s, middle linebacker uh, for the Crimson Tide was kind of the anchor of the first Saban defense. Present, oh man, oh man. See, oh my gosh, um, you stumped me here. Um, see. <laughs> And, and that's the thing. I, I feel like I'm not watching as much Alabama football as much as I used to. Right. So like, I, I, if I could say present, man, I'm going to actually redefine this. So I'm going to go past, I'm going to go later decades. I'm sorry. Okay. Let me go back here for a second. Uh, so past, I'm going to say Derek Thomas. Um, so okay. knowing a little bit about Alabama history or just Alabama football history I, in the eighties, just an incredible linebacker. Always loved the position linebacker. Like if I wanted to play sports, I would want to play linebacker. So, and then present, I would say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use somebody that just recently uh, left the team, Jalen Hurts. I I had a feeling you'd say him. So, <laughs> Jalen, and it's it is because of what he did on the field, but it really is because of what he did off the field, um, and just the way, even just the controversy of being benched in the national championship game for Tua Tonga Viola, the way that he handled himself in the way, and just the redemption that he had playing Georgia in the SEC title game and the way that he went about handling, it just was a a young man of character and respect and was a team player. And and even just the way that he handled himself. I just, I, I, Jalen is my all time favorite player for the university of Alabama. I mean, just all time favorite player. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I love Jalen. Okay, so finally, when we go to the Steelers, um, so past, I would say Jerome Bettis, growing up, loved just the way that he played running back, just a big bruiser, uh, just just incredible nitty-gritty player, uh, Hall of Fame player for the Steelers. And then present, 
I got it. I, I feel like I have to say Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I mean, he's just – he's won the Steelers two Super Bowls. He's been an integral integ- integral part of the Steelers team. Yeah. Um, I just have always loved and, – and he's kind of – you know, he was young when, when Bettis was getting old and, and retiring, and then I've watched – I mean, all I've known of the Steelers really has been Ben Roethlisberger. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so those very those cool. are my favorites. So uh, well, very, I feel like could probably be a little too uh, cliche and very what players you probably think of when you think of those organizations. But um, hey, yeah. sometimes it's okay because vanilla still is the most you know favorite flavor of ice cream. So people like vanilla. It's okay. That's, that's true. I'm not a vanilla guy. I'm a cookies and cream guy. But you uh, know, it's okay. I, you I did, it. I'm sorry. I ruined your point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're good. So. I'm going to skip around here a little bit. Uh, so tell me now that we know a little bit more about you, kind of where you're at and kind of what you're training for and working on for life. And uh, we know more about you personality wise and what you're into and uh, what you've, how you've kind of navigated life. Um, what are some core motivations or, or key driving factors for you? What makes you get up in the morning at whatever time you have to for class or work or whatever it is? Uh, what what are those motivations for you? Yeah, um, so the main thing that I would say is a core conviction, core belief, core motivating factor for myself is the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus. Um, Jesus saving me through his perfect life, death, and resurrection, um, saving me from my sin and you know, adopted me once an enemy and now adopted into the family of God and um, me standing rightly before God because of what Jesus has done. Um, And because of, yeah, because of who he is and because of what he has done for me, that changes everything. And that motivates now how I go about living my life uh, with my friends. It goes, you know, it changes how I work. It changes how I view human beings made in the image of God. Um, It goes, yeah, it just changes everything. And so, um, I want to get up and I want to best, I want to love and trust and obey and treasure Jesus each day, um, through my job, through my school work, uh, through my relationships with uh, people that I see on a daily basis, through my family. Um, yeah. and, and I want, yeah. So the gospel very much is, is, I would say the key, uh, motivating factor to what, who I am and what I do and, and why I serve people and why I love people. And, you know, I was thinking about this question. There were two books that kind of came to my, my mind and two things that popped up in my head. One of them, both of them I've read over the past two summers. The, the Lord has been really kind to kind of work through just me figuring out vocation and even core convictions. And there are things that, yeah, the Lord has been really kind up until the past two summers. But now, um, so two summers ago, I was reading a, a book called Thoughts for Young Men by J.C. Ryle. And in Ryle's book, he, he's just talking about young men wasting their lives and through trivial things, through, um, you know, temporary things that aren't just going to last. And, and he brings about just the importance of the gospel. And one of the things that he talks about in the book is you have, he talks about you have one soul, you have one life, and, and you are going to answer to the Lord for that. And to me, my thought is, man, like I, this each day counts and it feels like there's a lot of pressure in that, but at the same time, there's grace and mercy for when I fail, when I, because I, I have failed and I've messed up a lot of those things when it comes to work or relationships or, and 
but the thing about it is like, I, I have one life and, and I want to steward that life well. And I want to honor the Lord and what I do. And, you know, when I get up and go to the student center, or when I serve students on our student life team, or when I, you know, when I'm in the classroom and I'm, I'm learning um, theological things or counseling things. And so, um, you know, that, that has been just huge to, to think about. Yeah. I, I want to honor the Lord through, you know, this life that I live and and the second book, just this past summer, was reading through Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Um, just the Lord was so kind to let me get to read that. And just even just seeing how I can, you know, I want to help people truly behold and treasure Jesus above everything in this life. And I want to help them just love and treasure Jesus more each day. And, um, and just how I did that, even just through serving at work when I'm on the clock or even when I'm off the clock and, um, you know, helping just brothers and sisters in Christ and um, just our relationships and just, you know, bearing burdens with them, weep, weeping them, weeping with them when they weep and rejoicing with them when they rejoice and uh, yeah, just caring for them well in that. And so, um, and right. even just seeing how I, yeah, just how Jesus is worthy of being desired and treasured. And I want to help others do that. And so I see that, yeah, he is worthy of that. And just that, that conviction, I, I want to help share that with others and help them love and trust and obey Jesus more each day. So. Right. That's awesome. Um, who would you say is one person that has had the greatest impact on you and your definition of how you approach your vocation, uh, everyday life, school, uh, things like that, relationships, who, who is that one person or people that have had that greatest impact on you? Yeah, it, it's actually somebody here at Midwestern. So Dr. Charles Smith, he's a, he's a good friend. He's somebody that I, uh, he works here at the institution and uh, he is somebody that I work under through the student life program that I'm a part of. Um, just our friendship, I've known Dr. Smith for about four to five years. Um, our, he's, he's a friend to me. He's a mentor to me. And um, God has been so kind to just to help me learn and grow uh, through our friendship and, and through the, the mentorship that I have with him. And um, he is the vice president of institutional relations uh, for the seminary, which basically means um, just all of the stuff of like student life, admissions, church partnerships. Um, you know, the goal is to, you know, to help bring part, help bring people a part of, you know, what the Lord is doing here and to help connect people and then to help continue to connect them through different things after seminary. And so, yeah, uh, but he, yeah, one of his things that he, he's, he loves leadership and he loves, you know, he loves Jesus. And um, one of the things that is kind of his bread and butter, one of his big phrases has been taking initiative. Leadership is taking initiative for the glory of God and the good of others. Um, and that's through, you know, serving somebody through um, when you feed them a plate, you know, in our, um, you know, you bring them food, you know, when you're serving them at a meeting or um, if you're helping set up an event and you're, you're creating those, you know, events to help build relationships with people, uh, you know, our, at our institution. And, um, yeah, Dr. Smith, I think embodies that well. And yeah, it's just, you know, I, I want to serve these people. And I want to honor and glorify the Lord. And I want to do that through taking initiative. That's, you know, if, that, if there's a, a cup of, you know, or a piece of trash, you know, sitting in the middle of the floor on the, the side of a wall at a, at a conference, and um, it doesn't look like, and it, it doesn't belong there. And so I want to take initiative to I'm best helping serving my institution and the people here by picking up the piece of trash or taking out the trash or um, helping build a relationship and helping somebody at a crossroads in ministry. And so, um, 
yeah, he's just, he's been an incredible friend and mentor and, and somebody that I, not perfect, but I, I just have loved learning under and serving alongside of him. He's, he's, yeah, he's an incredible guy. Yeah, that's great. And I think going back to your example of picking up the trash and stuff, I think a part of any job or experience is that there is, there has to be a, an element of humility because that is the essence of serving others, mm -hmm. uh, serving a greater purpose, uh, being a part of a team, being yeah. able to either roll up your sleeves and do the dirty work or just do the, do the work in obscurity, do the work that's not going to get the accolades because that yeah. ultimately is what builds character. It builds a team. It, it, it gives integrity to you as a person, but you, but also your institution, like you're talking about, because it's, it's being built upon people that, that care and that are invested in something. So I think that's a huge takeaway that people can have from our, our conversation and, and especially your experience as a grad student. So, yeah, it's been, it's been so helpful. Even, yeah, just to think about there, just how valuable uh, people that I interact with on a daily basis are. I mean, they're, they are eternally valuable, just made in the image of God. And, and I, I want to humble myself and, and lifting them up and serving them and taking care of them and helping them and those kinds of things. And, and man, I love doing stuff that nobody noticed. I mean, that's, that's a weird phrase, but it's just like, if that helps an event run smoothly, if that helps while the event, if we're taking out trash and doing that, and, and there are men and women that are ministry leaders at a conference and they're being served and, and cared for through you know, a sermon, through a message, and, and that stuff's worth it. That is, I think that is, I think Jesus is glorified in those things and it's, it is a good thing to serve in those ways. So it's beautiful. Yeah. That's good. Um, I have one more question. So what legacy do you hope to leave and how do you work actively towards leaving that legacy? Oh man, it, it's funny. I, I was struggling thinking about legacy and I was just like, gosh, like I, I haven't thought too, too much about what that looks like, but honestly, like my legacy, my hope that my legacy, what my legacy is, is that it is, um, it is the glory of Jesus. I mean, it is, you know, it's not about myself more than anything. Like I, 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 there's a quote that I think about. It's, you know, our goal in ministry is to, to preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. I, I might've butchered that a little bit, but, and, and I don't remember who said that exactly, but uh, I, I just want, yeah, Jesus to be most glorified, God being most glorified in my life and, and, and you know, helping others and serving others well. And, um, and I want to help them find their joy, their worth, their value, their, their longings, their satisfaction to be in Christ. Um, my hope is that, you know, I, I hope one day to hear well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, my hope is that people, um, and that will be the same for others, like that I can love them and serve them well. And, uh, that, that God allows me to be in their lives and uh, they love that they would see that they're loved by Jesus, that they're, um, they're going to be conformed to the image of, of Jesus, that they are presented mature in Christ. And, um, yeah, I, and I hope that it, I hope it's faithfulness. I hope, I do hope that, you know, I'm a person, I want to be a person of biblical character and integrity. I want to be a man of character and, uh, godliness and faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm okay with not being remembered. I hope my hope, my legacy is that it points to Jesus and not myself. So, yeah. Gotcha. So that's good. So uh, just to wrap up here, uh, looking ahead, um, you can plug anything you want. Um, yeah, 
plug anything you want, man. If you got anything going on, what are you working on? Uh, anything like that. I, it's, <laughs> this is hilarious because I, it's been such an interesting season of life right now where just things aren't, I'm not working on right now. I mean, I'm, you know, reading for fun right now. That's been great of just getting to work through books yeah, for fun. That's hard to do. As a uh, fellow seminary grad, uh, that's hard to uh, to pick up a book for fun. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. And I didn't really do it for six months till after I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It's like all that stuff that you're reading for class, which is also good stuff. It's it's right. hard. To, it's hard to read for fun when you have like 400, 500 pages of books that you have to read a semester and you yeah. have to get through multiple books. And but I mean, I'm, you know, it's been fun just to read through Desiring God by John Piper for the first time. Uh, I'm reading through a book called Getting Things Done uh, by David Allen, uh, rereading stuff, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, that's been really good. That's been a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's kind of the big thing right now. And yeah, it's been good. Like I, this, se- this season of life has been really busy and hectic in a lot of ways. And it's just good to kind of rest right now and uh, just kind of take care of myself and take care of others in this time. So it's been wonderful. So, yeah. Uh, this is my last question. Ah. Uh, if someone wrote a movie about your life, who would you cast as yourself? Ooh. Oh, man. Golly. Are we going, are we going based off of looks? Or are we going based off of personality? Whatever like, you want to do. What, it's what you're picking. Want. Uh, yeah, who do you want? To, yeah, who do you want to cast as yourself? And I talked about this earlier with the, you know, the favorite player. Like, it's it's really hard for me to pick one person or to pick. I, I, there's like, I'm thinking Tom Hanks. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, David Cross because we kind of look alike. Uh, but that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if I had to pick one person, I think it'd be Tom Hanks. I, I love Tom Hanks. He's he's probably my favorite actor. So. Okay. Tom yeah. Hanks it is uh, for the life of Drew Meaner in his movie. So uh, that's really cool. Hey, Drew, uh, thank you so much for being on, man. It's so, so good to catch up and hear about all the good things going on in Kansas City. And I always know you're welcome out here in Utah, man. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, yeah, just get to have a conversation and talk about stuff that I, you know, we both love. And um, man, I hope that this is, serves you and, and serves your audience well. And yeah, thank you again. It's, it's an honor. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, the Working Collective showcases different vocations and experiences that create unique conversations around what we do and why. And since no two people have the same experience, each conversation explores the personality of our guest and their story. This is the Working Collective. So thanks again, everybody, for uh, listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.